everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm yours, Dave. And I'm John. And I'm festive. Yes, lots of Christmas lights. And JD is on his way. He yep. had something he important to of, do. He got out of the theater, and he's just getting to his desk now. <laughs> so we're getting hot, fresh takes here on Godzilla Minus One. Yes, that's that's the term, hot, fresh. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Well, while we wait for JD to get here, how are things going with you? How, obviously, you were doing some Christmas decorating this week. What's what's new with you? I started this weekend thinking, okay, so I've got my bills to do. I've got some yard work to finish and everything. I finished putting up the lights and figured it was a weekend well spent. <laughs> it always takes longer than you think. It does. That, yeah. But, um, uh, but it's all up, and uh, at least I paid the bills. John, uh, what's, what's in the mug? That's, what's that's... in the mug? If you don't remember, two weeks ago, I was so sick that we basically called it a, we'll call this a Thanksgiving break, and we didn't have the show. So my flu got bad, got a little bit better, and now I've had a massive cough. So this is honey vanilla tea, so that I am not continually blowing out our recording. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> With locally sourced honey, too. Everybody should buy locally sourced honey. It'll support yeah. the bees, and it's good for you. Like, it's funny. That's actually a cure for allergies. Yeah. Because, because the honey will contain a the, lot of the allergens in the area, yes. You're probably, you're probably disappointed that it's not just all bourbon, but I'm still sick, so I'm trying to, before, before I start hitting the bottle again, I have to uh, take care of myself. Yeah. I, I hear you. Yep. J.D. Hey, how are you? No. I, I, <laughs> just, up, I just got home. I just got home from the movies and I had to poop. So I'm just finishing <laughs> up and I'm good. We were being nice. We didn't say that part of it. You want to hear a poop story? <laughs> no, I don't. I, know, I, really? I don't want to tell it because John is super uncomfortable. So I have celiac <laughs> disease, right? And uh, this weekend I spent, hey, Kazan, I spent the weekend Friday and Saturday in um, Iowa City at a wrestling tournament. And they weren't very gluten friendly. We went to a uh, burger place after the tournament and <clears throat> I stopped and got a burger, which in the last two years had been fine. I didn't make it five miles down the road. Ooh. And I made a mistake. I they thought had, I had like, breadcrumbs or something in it, right? In the burger. Something touched something. Like the food. Because yeah. literally, if it touches, you can have a, a reaction. Okay. I had a reaction and I thought I had gas. So I'm oh, no. myself in the car. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I let oh, it. No. Oh, no. I just got a fart. I'm just going to let my fart go. And it was a shart, wasn't it? I had to pull over. <laughs> I had to find a pair of shorts. Fortunately, I had a pair of extra shorts from a workout. So I drove home to very in the snow wearing gym shorts. That's not good. <laughs> something touched something is another term for hmm. sharding. In my life, it definitely is. <laughs> so I'm very careful about... Normally, I try to be very careful about how I eat things because that's really bad when that happens. Sorry, man. <laughs> hey, um, it was humbling. Life humbles you. And how old were you when that happened? But this was yesterday. Oh. This was yesterday. This just happened. Oh. oh. This happened less than 24 hours ago. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's my weekend. That was your weekend. Oh, okay. That was my weekend. <laughs> Not well, sometimes, Dave. How, go ahead, top that, Dave. Go ahead, I, I, follow I, that, Dave. Go I, ahead. I, I can't follow that at all. Um, I, Nor I, should I, you. I've been. Uh, 
Fair enough. I, I've been dealing with a uh, very under the weather girlfriend for the past few days. She had she has periodontal disease. Um, basically, like all your teeth and the stuff that connects your teeth to your jaw deteriorates over time. It's it's actually more common That's than awful. people realize. But yeah, you can have partial. Like I technically have that partially. It just takes a lot of work to stave it off. But if you've got it, like I have, just on one side of my mouth, they say, and it and it's but. It, that's manageable. I, there, there are levels way above me that are not manageable, yeah. and it sucks. So she has her mother had it. Or, yeah, her mother has it, and her it's sis- genetic. Yeah. Her sister and her one brother have it, and but she apparently has it the worst. So long story short, she had to get a tooth pulled. It, there was a big mess up. She finally got it pulled, and when they pulled that, they had to pull a second one because they said there was a. Once they got the one out, they saw there was a really bad cavity in the other. And she's just been miserable because now she's got two holes where teeth used to be. And now you've got to get implants or, or a bridge or something. She ha- she can't get implants. There's not enough. Oh, it's that bad. Bone, yeah, there's not enough bone left underneath for implants. No, normally, so how do they, when they how do they treat that? No, normally, when they pull a, t- a tooth, they do a buildup. They put necrotic bone, cadaver bone, in into uh, into the hole, and then they let that build up. The body yeah. Goes. Long story short, eventually she's just going to have to have dentures. There's no. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and it's not fun, basically. We just spent a low-key weekend at her house playing board games and relaxing because she just was not in the mood to do anything. And then, But I did see a movie on Friday that we will be talking about shortly that uh, I got some I just, things to say about. I also, <laughs> man, I also have some things to say about this movie, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, we got John concerned. I love it. I love it. Sometimes I just can't read you, D.D. I swear, it's like... Sometimes I think you're going to go one way because I'm, yeah, well now. Jo- and then, John, let's hold this off. We're going to have a really good discussion about this film because I have a lot to say about this. Okay. Sometimes JD zigs when you think he's going to zag. <laughs> All right. All right. Seeing you. So, yeah, so that, that was my weekend. Nothing, nothing uh, too adventurous. And then I've been busy with work. Didn't poop yourself. I did not poop myself. Good for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> very happy for you yeah i'm sorry jd i just i oh, don't feel sorry for me because i know the risks i take when i eat food out and like, first speaking time of, probably won't be the last time speaking of risky farts let's do a little social media madness still more fun than that's social media apropos. Madness. <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're gonna start with last week we had talked about the rumor that pedro pascal has been cast as reed richards and we got a couple of people responding to that. Geek to Me Radio said that's a real quick no. I don't know uh, why. I, I still don't get why people are so anti this. I think that's a great call. But uh, after, after so many times that we've seen actors get picked for roles and everybody goes, oh, God, no. And then they love it afterwards. I know. Like you don't know until you see it, right? Uh, yeah. Timothy Jones says Pascal is a great actor, but him as, yeah. a, as Mr. Fantastic is a bit of a stretch. There, no, that's no. Thank you. I, okay, last week I said yeah. we asked for this. Last week we said we need the the dad jokes to return, and Tim was like right on top of that. So, kudos, sir. Flower yeah. grapes available in finer newspapers across this country. <laughs> Always bringing it, Tim. Uh, <laughs> Random Randy Savage said Pedro Pascal can play literally any role he wants, and to be fair, it really wanted his neck to be broken in Wonder Woman eighty four. So playing Reed 
needs to be someone who can be a dad, but is a true villain for when he wants for when he meets his dark counterpart. The maker? I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to do the maker. Nah. To be frank, no, we're talking about Reed, not Frank. <laughs> Hello, James. By the way, the maker. Uh, the maker. That's Dark Reed Richards. The maker. Yep. Oh, James. yeah. From, from the. He's yeah, from, from the. Ultimate the ex- Fantastic Four ultimate universe. universe. Yeah. 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 And then Mariko RMC said, "Pascal is a guy with charisma, talent, and above all, he has the same nationality as me. So I want him to do well." But unfortunately, I'm so sure that the Fantastic Four movie is going to be more of the same that I'm honestly not excited for him taking the role of Richard. I don't know what that means. More of the same what? Every Fantastic Four movie, the three attempts at a Fantastic Four movie were vastly different from each other. So yeah, I'm, not yeah. even, I'm not even sure how to react to that post. And two, two of those means- movies were made in order to keep the franchise, not for any and- you know, outward need th- for money. No. I think fantastic the fan four stick film as you like to call it was i think they thought they were making a good movie with that i truly believe yeah i do i think they thought they were on i'm not saying they did it good i'm not defending it but i think they thought they were on to something yeah so so they can do better when they don't try (laughs) i think they were i honestly think they were trying to take the superhero genre in a different direction and be more intellectual or something with it and and dark Darkness. Yeah, dark. Yeah, dark in the Fantastic <laughs> Four, in my opinion, doesn't work. But. Well, I don't think it's crazy to say Josh Trank did not understand the source material, and he probably, no. as a filmmaker, wasn't ready for something like this. No. Like I think studios often will jump at hiring a young filmmaker that they can like <laughs> have their way with and kind of shadow. Yeah, and sometimes they just aren't ready to make a movie like this. And quite frankly, I don't think he's done much since. Speaking of shadowing, we're got room to talk about something later. Lamont Johnson. What? That's the shadow. Oh, jeez. Who knows? Uh, so the shadow knows. Thank you, John. You're, you remember I re- watching? I that. remember the old you serials. Li- yeah. You listened to that as a kid? Yeah, I did. On the radio. And, you know, <laughs> I I listened to recordings, but yeah, I I used to buy I used to buy the cassettes of all of them. <laughs> I did pose a question to the audience this week, but we didn't get a lot of answers on it, which doesn't surprise me because I do think Godzilla is a niche and appeals more to our age range and. You know, I took a seven-year-old to this movie today. But I'm saying... There there were a lot of kids in mine, too. So my question kids was... Like, kids like evil dinosaurs. Yeah. So my question was, what is your favorite all-time Godzilla movie? And we got one answer over on X. Destroy All Monsters was Godzilla's greatest movie. That's from Jumpy231. It's from and 1974, I want to say. Godzilla and Destroy then, All Monsters. That was the wrap-up of the original... Toho series. Oh, okay. And then over on the Tiki Talks, 8-Bit Ray said Gojira. That would be the original 1954 Japanese version of Godzilla, because Godzilla is a poor translation of Gojira, which is actually, I believe, ah. Gorilla and I forget, mixed together. Like, it's it's Japanese, it's, it's Japanese kanji, or katakana, the way they put the words together. So, so it was just mistranslated as Godzilla, and it became a brand. So, you know, yeah. thanks. And they, and they, the original movie was cut up for the American audiences. And mm-hmm. Raymond and they, Burr was inserted with Raymond Burr, Perry Mason. <laughs> what I, a um, weird, what a weird casting choice. Yeah, I like that movie though. It's funny because I put the question out and didn't get a lot of responses. I actually responded to it for my personal account, and I don't. Here's the thing: you guys know this. I haven't watched a lot of Godzilla movies. I've, you know, as a kid, I watched them on the Saturday morning show, or whatever here and there. Like, I was never really into them. 
I've seen um, every single one plus the animes and the original um, animated series on TV and Saturday morning cartoons. So, I've seen them all multiple times. <laughs> with Godzuki? That one? Yes, yes, the Godzuki so, one. Well, I'm, well, I'm happy. There's, there, there's another one too with there's another one too with the from the nineties with Zilla. Yeah, with, with Zilla, yeah. yeah. Got the Broderick Godzillas, I like to refer to them. <clears throat> Godzilla Bueller, if you will. Yeah. So Sorry, I said this one is I'd laugh at that joke because Exactly. Not. Matthew Broderick was in the nineteen ninety eight Godzilla movie. Yeah, that's okay. I will say. I've seen that one. I actually saw that in the theater. I'm so did sorry. I. I fell asleep. Yes. That movie, as I explained last week, was Butt Cheeks. But then cheeks. Godzilla vs. Kong, we watched for the show. Yeah, it was great. I loved that one. And then, yeah. And then this. The, these are which, the three that one? I can... There's the original, and then there's the. I've seen both, sir. And then there's the new one, Godzilla X Kong, which now they're making me do division. <laughs> X is multiplication, by the way. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I tried. I knew it as soon as I. <laughs> And I'm like, God damn, Lil Grady's going to be the one to catch that. I just know it. <laughs> all right. Sounds funnier. That's why I said it. That actually is all the social media mandates for this week. Oh, thank God. Let's get on to the show. You're going to ask us what so, our favorites were? Like, what, what was JD's favorite? I will. Con- we will revisit this later. I'm going to go yeah, through we'll, my We'll, like, we'll talk about favorites. it in the review. Yeah. When okay. we talk right. about this movie. All right. So if you want to follow us on social media and be part of social media madness, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. Big Don Show going. You join it? Do you want to be part of Social Media Madness? And go ahead and head over to SuperHeroSpeak.com where you can find all the social links, episodes of the show, you can find comic reviews by Chris and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Colt 45, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, So Wizard, and Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars, and you will not be disappointed. So make sure that you are engaging with the Superhero Speak Twitter post whenever they come up. Give us your best comment, and you may make JD say this. I get so I- tired of these <laughs> dumb motherfuckers. I- All right, it's back to the show. All right. Why was, Why was I so angry in that clip? Anybody remember? I don't remember. When are you not angry? No. So I have to go back and, and listen to that episode again. Be my uh, so I realized two things listening to that. I think, well, okay, first off, thanks for that, Don. But I realized two things listening to it. I really haven't listened to it in a while. Number one, I realized it made it sound like you can, you can find the other shows in the Geek World All-Stars on our website, which, no, the idea is like if you follow GW All-Stars, you'll find the other shows on social media. And two, we need a third one anyway so that he can make fun of John. Dave, that show, that commercial's two years old. Like, maybe it's time to record a new one. Wait, All Don's right. got to Don's got to get motion again, man. We got to get him out of retirement. I got a dollar. I can give him a dollar for, for the commercial. <laughs> what do you think? He's a stripper. Two dollars. <laughs> oh, and now you're overpaying for the stripper. Let's be reasonable here. One dollar at a time. It's the same oh thing God. whether you got a one or a five. That's veteran, veteran, veteran advice there. <laughs> Oh my god. So, so what you're saying is Don isn't even a two dollar whore. All right. So he's a whore. So he was a stripper. There's a difference. Oh, okay. I hope so. All right. On that note, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with some news. 
Oh boy. Some podcasts are like this. I eat Uber Eats every day. I never cook. I keep an empty refrigerator. Dad's son, don't you think it'd be so much cheaper if you cooked? And I said, no, not really. Actually, if you think about it, I said, let's talk about that scenario. Calling the valet, getting downstairs in the elevator to valet, getting in the G-Wagon, burning fuel, sitting in traffic, go to Publix, trying to find a parking spot at Publix, getting out, looking around the store for what I want. Dude, I want fucking chicken or steak. And the food, all the ingredients, going home, parking again, going back up the elevator, getting the pots and pans out cooking like a fucking idiot <laughs> cooking saving money the soap the dial soap that costs eight dollars a little bottle clean the dishes clean the plates fucking nerds if you make any more than 15 dollars an hour that whole four hour ordeal is worth paying an uber driver the extra 10 percent to bring the shit to you it's worth it oh and by the way the restaurant makes food better than you and some podcasts are like this also i used to think that iron that's in cereal was iron it is is it Yes, Joey. Metal? Yes, Joey. Is it really? Yes, Joey. <laughs> no, time out. Yes, Joey. That's why if We're you We're eating cook... metal? You can't eat metal. Yes, Joey. Yes. What? That's why if you cook in a cast iron skillet or something, it's an it, it enriches the food in iron. Wait, no. Yeah, iron is like iron, bro? Like pumping iron? Yes, Joey. No, it's not. Yes. I'm very confused by this. It's okay. Iron is iron? Iron, <laughs> iron is... Is dead ass iron. Yes, dude. But what? But is it hard normally? What is it, Joey? It's iron. It's I like. There's no what's way. It, what's its form? Iron. <laughs> solid liquid gas plasma. Uh, iron. No, Joey. <laughs> are you no solid liquid gas plasma? Those are the forms. I hope this gets picked up by one of those like. Dude, hyper Instagram scientists that are yeah. just like, let's break this down a minute. And then <laughs> but only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Good on Jean-Claude editing on this one. Having a every time it cuts back to him like rattling. But I did laugh that his the love scene, you saw his dick twitch while he was on the crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> Was like, mm. <laughs> that's what started. I remember that one piece. It was so good. You know, you know what always made me laugh because, okay, I, I did hate the fact that they played the flashbacks we already saw again. I hated that, but I did enjoy the one where when they were like just finishing making sweet love, and Fender's so about <laughs> murdering them. He's watching so, them sleep. What are you guys doing? <laughs> but the one dude with the stick. Is I can't see, so he uses his stick to move the curtain out the way so he can get a good view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, he trying to just get finished inside of her, and he's like, hey, you guys ready to get murdered? <laughs> <laughs> you are now listening to Call 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. I think the rich hillbilly in the first commercial because that's what he is he's a rich guy with a southern accent who just sounds like the biggest asshole in the world i just i think i hate him even more this week but i think i like the idiot with who doesn't know what iron is even more because <laughs> i feel like i'd like to have him around just because i bet he's hilarious because he's so stupid Probably. So he's the guy you, you keep, you, he's the dude you keep around because you know he's going to say something dumb and totally what? make the situation a lot more funny what I loved was, like, as he's saying, wait, iron is iron. You see him pick up his phone like he's going to Google 
Like, mm-hmm. what is iron? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah, let's get angry. At oh, and I heard that episode of Cult 45, and it was also awesome. So, <laughs> Randy beat him down. Great job on that show. Hilarious. <laughs> Always. So, news. Did not put, it did not put hair on my chest because I just don't grow a lot of hair. So, <laughs> re- regret to import. We got the a teaser trailer for Agatha Coven of Chaos. Did you guys watch the teaser? Really didn't no. show you much. No? I, <laughs> I was gone all weekend. I just got home and watched a movie. It, it really didn't show much. I mean, Yeah, no, it doesn't. It, 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 it was I, like a lot of clips from previous the first half. Yeah, the first half of the, the teaser, it's only... 30 seconds or something in the and first didn't half. Miss anything. The first half is clips from Multiverse of Madness and the first season of, or yeah, the WandaVision. Here's the thing that came out, that show came out in January of 2021. As we speak, it is currently December of 2023, and I yeah. no longer give two shits about Agatha Harkness. I just don't care anymore. I saw something today where they're saying that basically. They're gonna. They're treating this Wanda Vision season two, but how do you do that without Wanda? You bring Wanda back. That they don't. They aren't gonna do that. So I don't care. I'm not gonna watch it. It's on my list. I did watch a breakdown, and someone pointed out you see her in some of the different period outfits that she was wearing in Wanda Vision. So they're wondering, are they gonna do the same thing again? But it's like, why would you do that? Unless oh, they're flashbacks need... from the flashbacks. Yeah. <clears throat> no, like I just don't care. I just don't care. Like, we yeah, wrapped up I mean, everything. They wrapped up everything. They wrapped up everything in Doctor Strange. What else? What more do we need to say? It's going to be a real trick to make this work. A real trick. Yeah. yeah. I just don't understand why they've changed the title three or four times. And then. Because Disney's in panic mode because nothing they're doing is working with Marvel anymore. Yeah. Hmm. That's why. Yeah. So, it, it, so you didn't watch it, and John, it didn't change your. Uh, opinion about watching the show i mean you know i can easily see jd's point of view of of just being burnt out on all this stuff yeah especially when it doesn't seem to be going anywhere so they really haven't been tying anything together like they need to in order to make this the next phase everything's just been all over it's been like buckshot i'll watch it but i don't know if i'll finish it it depends on how good it is the the real problem for me is I just bought the uh, MCU Reign of the Marvel Studios book. I'm listening, uh-huh. to an audible, I'm listening to an audible right now. It's really well written. And it's just bringing me back. It's like in the, I'm in the history phase right now. We're right, talking right. about whether on the upcoming and everything is positive. And it just, all it's doing is making me remember how much better things used to be. You know? Yeah. So. They and, used to have their shit together. <clears throat> and, and along the lines of like, tying stuff together, like, how do you tie this... Like Agatha felt like a one-off character in that show. Like you were done with her. At the end of... So how do you tie her into a bigger thing now? Like it because the song went viral, and they said we have to do something with this. But look how long it's taken them to do anything. Like yeah. the moment has passed. You guys missed it. And Bob Iger's in there being like, well, maybe we're doing too much of this shit. And it's like, yeah, maybe you are. Well, hold on. We'll get to Bob, Bob yeah. Iger in a second. You also got to. Take into account that the actress is uh, what's her name? Catherine. She, Catherine. Yeah, she's she is amazing in this role. She's great, no, I, problem, no I, doubt. Yeah, it's one of the only reasons I'm going to give it a, a shot. The other is because I'm a glutton for punishment. But uh, yeah, Tom Hiddleston, I love Tom Hiddleston. I think he's great. His Loki is fantastic. I didn't watch a single second of the season two. 
and yet it was really good. <laughs> I mean, the, wife, the wife put it on the first episode and she said, I feel nothing for this and turned it off. And she's a bigger MCU nerd than I am. And I also, I, I think they lucked out with the ending they got, but they did rewrite the entire ending of that, turning right. some characters like yeah. Rensfield into just what the hell happened to them. So I, again, like it's just the people that are running the Marvel Studios right now, they really either have to stop. Yeah, he's got to give, maybe he's got to give it to somebody else because he's busy with so many different things. Well, along yeah, those lines. He, they have to stop making, stop making they everything. To, they need to, and just, what, what John is saying, they, they need to stop, collaborate, and listen. And, and reevaluate, come up with a plan, and then work on that plan instead of this buckshot. Plan. I don't know the next line. I know. Ice is back with a brand new invention. Oh, I'm nice. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. <laughs> Whoa, like a harpoon daily and night. Dun, 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 dun. Will it ever stop? I don't know. Turn out the lights. I'll glow. I can do the whole thing because I grew up at the right part at the right time to know that entire song. So sorry, John. Oh my god. Along the lines of moves Marvel's making, and I'm curious your opinion on this. So Loki writer and creator Michael Waldorn has been tapped to be the writer for Kang, the Kang Dynasty. Good luck to him. He did it. From all intents and purposes, and again, I didn't watch the show, but it seems like everyone's really happy with the writing of the show. So it's probably a good move. And um, I think, and the thing is, like, he gave us He Who Remains, which I still like that character and the way they handled him. It's the best in, version that we've seen of the character so far. But uh, given one of the other things that we're going to talk about, good luck to him. I, he knows how much interference he's going to receive. And, oh, and it sounds like a lot. Tying all this buckshot together, it's just not going to. It sounds like a lot more interference. It sounds like the failure of the. Iger's answer to the failure of the Marvel says, you know what this movie needed? More executive notes. Yeah, all right. So let's. Because historically, that's yeah. worked. Okay, so <laughs> I, I. always I, makes it better. More notes. <laughs> all right, let's. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Chris Evans. I, I wanted to talk about this stuff. Because two the two bigwigs, so Zaslav over at Warner Brothers, um, came. John, okay. you brought me this article to to my attention. Basically, came out and said that courage, courage. It takes courage to, to fire people. Courage. I read that article, and all I could hear was the voice of the cowardly lion reading it to me. Yeah. Except that Kang is a weak villain. I don't disagree. I, the, my favorite version of him wasn't, was he who remains because it was like everything could be new. Then he got beaten by ants. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he comes ants. out and says that. And then, of course, Kevin Feige comes. Not Kevin Feige. I'm sorry. Uh, Bob Iger. Bob Iger comes out and says, yeah, the reason the Marvels failed is there weren't there wasn't enough oversight from the, the executives. There weren't enough people on set giving their opinion from the higher ups or counterpoint. It might've been the overworking of all the CGI people, the short deadlines, the shuffling uh, of everything. And then the, the guy who plays uh, Kang suddenly becoming public enemy number one. And there's a whole bunch of different things that are going and Feige being overworked and, and not having any focus anymore. Number um, one, I don't think the Marvel, think we, we reviewed the Marvels highly. The problem is the public is tired of it. That's the problem. Right. And it's crap rolling downhill because the Marvels is just at the bottom of the hill and currently, but the mistakes have been piling up from. I'm, I'm going to you know, say this before. too. Like, we, I think we were all in agreement 
there was a lot definitely cut out of that movie. There's a lot on the cutting room oh, yeah. floor of the Marvels. I feel like that was executive oversight. Them going, mm-hmm. cut this out, cut that out. Get it down to 100 minutes so we can get more showings to make more money off of this. And I'm not saying that <sighs> totally ruined it, but that's oversight. I don't, it just shows you that this two, those two CEOs are so out of touch with everything. I don't know. I don't know. Zaslov, yes. <clears throat> Zaslov, 100%, absolutely, 100%. That dude is on another planet. The idea that it takes courage to shelve movies and try to, oops, excuse me, that it takes courage to shelve movies and make a, and life, you know, and, and cut right people. Off, yeah, that is not what we call courage here in Illinois. Iger is thinking about this like an executive thing about it. Because I think you're right, Dave. I think the reason I have a controversial statement. Is it possible that the 100-minute version of the Marvels is the best version of the Marvels? Because it's, it's tighter possible. and later? It is I don't know if John says no, but just adding more to it doesn't... I mean, even if there's more background, even if there's more character stuff, doesn't mean it's good. I, I understand, but I think it would have been better with what they cut out. But then again, we don't know like I said, the problem is all the mistakes they've made previously are starting to pile up. And like you said, it, people are tired of this The mistake stuff. is the mistake. And again, it's not Iger's mistake. Iger wasn't running Disney when they yeah. were doing all those stuff. I think the, the problem is oversaturation. And the problem comes from Disney. Disney's like, hey, we want more. And Feige's like, yes, I will give you more. Because even in the Marvel, in this book I'm reading, this was Feige. This is what he wanted. He wanted this. He wanted a, an MCU that mirrored what it's like to be a comic fan. Where you have, but the difference, again, like as a comic fan, we all don't really like reading the you X know, books. I'm not going to buy the X books. I'm just going to buy Avengers. But like, oh, hold on. The, like he, go ahead. He gave it to, he gave it to us, right? Like yeah, there are, you try to pick up a story and you realize you yeah. had to read three three trades ago to understand yeah. everything that's going on yeah Every once you hit periods where there is crappy writing on a book you love and you stop reading yeah. it for a while you're right you're right this is exactly what it's like to be a comic book fan i'm sorry you're you right did it. nope you are spot on 100 correct and with that comes na- angry nerd fans yeah and i was just gonna say it's it's almost like when there's these big crossovers that you really you want to follow the main story but they're like no you really should read the tie-in i really didn't want to read like secret wars young of i got secret wars new warriors yeah or secret wars spider woman but they want and this is what it feels like we have to do now they're making Mm -hmm. sure that you do it all because they want you to buy every crossover tie-in and that's what it and this is stuff that like does piss off a lot of comic fans and pushes them away from things and it feels like they're embracing the marketing aspect more so than the creative aspect of comics. And I think, and this has been said, I've heard this from a a couple people that the shows are looked at as lesser than the movies and they didn't want, they didn't want it that way. They want everything is equal, but to put it in comic book terms, that's yeah, secret wars, but now you got to read new warriors and no one wants to read new warriors. So it's, or we'll make it even better. The inhumans or, No, the not Eternals. in humans. What was the movie? The, the Eternals. Eternals. <laughs> you got to read yeah. the Eternals to fully understand this. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, though, is it's, they've done too much, right? And uh, Okasan stepping in, he says, the oversaturation isn't the amount of superhero movies. It's the development of weak characters and plots. If Phase 4 was the Fantastic Four and X-Men, we'd welcome it. See, I disagree with that because if people were, if these movies were selling a lot of tickets and people were yeah. coming out saying, man, I'm tired of this, then yeah, you'd have a point. Nobody went to see the Marvels. So you yeah. can't say it's weak characters and stuff like that because the audience didn't care. And the people that came well, out of the movie did have good reviews of it. But, wait, but I think they, what he's saying is if it was phase four, like phase four 
is all these movies that nobody cares about and yep. and TV shows. But well, if, they, if it wasn't four, that, if it was I, Fantastic Four and X, you know what? They got right into that. From here's the, yeah, yeah, I don't here's, disagree with that. Here, here's the thing too. I, I know I don't want to blame everything on it, but you have to bring in the pandemic, and we hit kick off phase four yeah. with TV shows. Like yeah. no one's going to the theater. Not everyone has Disney Plus. They lost a lot of momentum that no one talks about. The like, problem, like when nobody was putting out new content. Remember, it was late 2020. We were like, "Damn, it'd be great to see some movies." Then Marvel came out. Like, hey, man, we have these shows, and right. everybody was super. Dude, we talked about. We spent hours discussing what was going on Wandavision. Yeah, yeah. And then it ended. And I think I personal opinion, I think No Mephisto turned some people off. John was right. Didn't didn't deliver an expectation, right? Yeah. And then it's just because Mephisto's that evil that he just then Captain America. There, what was it called? Falcon Winter Soldier came out, and we talked about it, but it wasn't as much, right? And then Loki came out. We're like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. And then it just the return on the investment was like it wasn't. It was almost too much, right? Yeah. I I, and I also feel like I've said this before, uh, and and being someone who loves both the characters of. Bucky and Sam, in the grand scheme of things, it's a story that doesn't matter. Really doesn't. It doesn't. And it like, had a horrible it, ending too. I mean, it had a bad ending. Yeah, yeah, it did have a bad ending. But it's just like Very flat. it's just Sam going through trying to accept the 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 shield, and it's like, okay. I get that, but I don't know. Did you need six episodes to tell that story? Episodes is the thing. I think a lot of these would have been better off if they were just two hour made for Disney Plus movies. Right, Wandavision exactly. kind of worked because Wandavision embraced the idea of television. Right. Yeah. right? What what made Wandavision better, I think, than all these things is Wandavision is a set is like a, a send-up of TV. Right. We saw their versions of remember the family ties, the Malcolm in the Middle, we had Bewitched, like it was embracing TV. So it worked really well in this medium. But like the rest of the things just are like, oh, it's just another. It just it felt like they feel like bloated movies instead of just having a trim focused film. Like even Miss Marvel, I think, loses some momentum midway through. Uh, Kassan says Falcon Winter Soldier suffered from a rewrite. The original plot involved the pandemic. They rushed a crappy story with a no name villain. They did yeah. do that. It would have been. And they had I think some good stuff in there. They like the the original the original Captain America, right? The original Super Soldier. Isaiah Bradley. Like. Yeah, I did. they had a lot of good stuff in there that they could have used, and it went nowhere. Didn't didn't they didn't deliver on anything? And I think the problem too is the villains suck in that show. Like they have Zemo, but they go out of their way to make Zemo like hip and fun, which is weird. Yeah. And it was like like we had the dancing Zemo gift that everyone seems to have forgotten about, and like the villain that's I can't even remember what the name of the villain was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was it was the Flag Smashers, but I can't remember because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. None of it mattered. It was the red-haired girl from from Solo, but who cares? Again, Marvel has had some really crap-ass villains over the last four years. Yeah, no. who's who's good? Who's a good Marvel villain that we've seen? Wanda, and she really shouldn't have even been the villain. Like they did this total sympathetic portrayal of her in her own show, and then she's a freaking cackling villain by the time Sam Raimi gets his hands on her. I like the movie. But there's some weird character development stuff. And you can just say the Darkhold got too much of it, which is fine. But that's it. That's the only good villain we've had that's not including the Spider-Man stuff. The Spider-Man villains, we've all seen those before. They didn't develop them. It worked, but, you know, me. 
Kassan says Daredevil and Punisher showed that superhero movies can catch fire and draw a market. I think he means superhero shows. Yes, those yes. two shows had great character depth. The next most agreed, a hundred percent. They also weren't part. They also weren't under the Feige watch. So they were under Feige. They made them non-canon. That's what, uh, they, that's what I they weren't supposed. They weren't supposed to be non-canon when they were made. But I think Feige has this little bugaboo about stuff that was created that wasn't under his regime or under yeah. his watch. So he's like, no, that doesn't count, even though mm-hmm. people like it. Like, sure, Iron Fist sucked, but everything else they did was pretty good. Yeah, and they were also dealing with a smaller universe at that point. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? This was, and they were giving you that feel that this was the street level heroes, and the, the bigger stuff. Too. Yeah, the bigger stuff is the the mm-hmm. the big stuff out there in mm-hmm. the movies, and the that the TVs was the, was the street level heroes. Which you know what? Worked. They had worked. Done, it worked, and they worked. could have done that on Disney Plus and made it work. But no, they, they were. No, I'll tell you what. I mean, like Werewolf by Night sucked ass, and it, it didn't hold a candle to any of the stuff that Netflix Marvel did. All of it was better. Iron Fist was better than Werewolf by Night. And then you get to Secret Invasion, and that's a big. Cl- oh. I, I didn't see it on so board. It's a collective fart, and it didn't matter at all for the Marvels. It didn't matter at all. No, no it didn't it, matter it, for anything. Like, yeah, it didn't affect uh, what's his face. Damn it, super super spy. My God, Fury. why am I blanking his name? Fury. Fury yeah, 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 it did. Like F- Fury at the end of. Fury should have been like a mess in Marvels, and yet he's back to his little quippy self again. It's like there's no more. They're telling us everything matters, and it only matters when they tell us it matters. Like it doesn't make it didn't it doesn't it isn't landing because nothing feels like it matters anymore. And well, it's because is, they're not run, they're run, not running out of a playbook for the whole. Just, what is they're, they're so, just shooting stuff so, left and right. Yeah. But here's what the thing, is, right? Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. The, the the thing with WandaVision works because it embraces the TV trope. Every episode, for at least the first three or four, are wrapped in a TV theme in a sitcom error, and it works. They it was also have, new. It was also new. That helped. And it too. was new, and it was a new idea. And it, and we said over and over again, it's why a lot of the Marvel movies work because it's a spy movie, it's a th- a thief movie, not a thief movie, like a heist movie wrapped in a superhero movie, like all these different things, and. They could have done that with the TV shows, and they didn't. They started with that concept, and then it became, no, these are like just long movies. But they're not episodic. It was, I think Loki season two is a little more episodic than the other things have been. But like, you could have made Secret Invasion a detective noir weekly, like him trying to figure out what's going on, and made it episodic, and it would have worked, and it would have been different. But no, it's. It was just stupid. <laughs> no, I think too is like you talked about like, Ant Man is a heist movie, right? Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is a space opera, right? Winter Soldier yeah. is an espionage movie. Now they're just Marvel movies. Yeah. You know? Uh Kassan says the problem is Disney productions are always playing it safe. No impact from one IP to another, no cost, no character development. It's the problem of iconic characters versus dynamic. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, five years ago we got rid of major characters like there were consequences in in the infinity war story and spider-man too they've reset everything at the end of the last spider-man movie which is a it's a sony marvel movie so that counts it's firmly in the canon but now it's i don't even know if they're playing it safe i don't know if i agree with that is werewolf by name playing it safe is the marvels playing it safe i don't think so i think it's arrogance i think if they're playing it safe they would have another iron man movie out they would have another Captain America movie out. They have, if anything, I think they, I think the opposite issue. I think they, they're arrogant. I think they think that anything they do, people will flock to see. And until recently, they've been proven wrong. And I think Ant Man and the Wasp 
which I can be like, people, oh, everyone's shitting up, but look how much money it made. And then the Marvels comes out and they're like, where'd the audience go? Yeah. Even though it was still a good movie, but they, nobody it's just, again, their, their prior acts are coming back to yeah. haunt them. I agree 100% with that, John. Again, like, you haven't been doing the work. You have not been getting people really excited. Again, it's, I don't, I like Captain, I like Sam as Captain America, but it's not Captain America, right? It's not, it's not the one that like we've grown with and had all this, you know what I'm saying? It's just not the same. It's not Iron Man. It's not, even the last Thor movie didn't really, you know, Taika Waititi was too busy making himself laugh to deliver a really interesting (sighs) movie, but just, they're so arrogant with how they're doing these things now. It's, I think they need to stop for a while. I don't think the answer is making more movies and trying to work your way through this. I think they need to pause and, and go back. Did you see Taika Waititi recently came out and said that he didn't really understand the character Thor and he didn't really want to do the movie. It was just a paycheck to him. That's very obvious. The Ragnarok, you could tell he, they were onto something with Ragnarok and that was a really fun movie. And then he could, I think him saying that is him wrestling back at his critics because everybody, and it's not just his critics from Marvel. Like a lot of his stuff has taken a shit lately. Like his last movie, the, uh, the soccer or the rugby movie, nobody went and saw that either. Like people are finally just being like, well, you're not that great. Kassan says exactly. If there any war was the end of their golden era by design, where they had solid writing with impactful characters and costs, except for the time travel element and interlinked stories. Yeah. Now it's just a bunch of, just a bunch of stuff that happens with nothing. Everything's interconnected, but it's interconnected. And if I go in the subway and I leave a candy bar there, someone's going to find that candy bar and they might eat that yeah. candy bar. And maybe they'll get sick because maybe I didn't treat that candy bar so good. But ultimately, the two stories really have nothing to do with each other, except that as a there's candy part, bar. There's still part of a celestial sticking out of like a major ocean and, and nobody said anything about it. Because like, nobody gives a nothing, fuck about, nothing the, matters. about the Eternals. I, I know, but and the Eternals shouldn't have been a movie. It should have been a series. That would have given it more time to breathe and might have should actually have made done. it work. The Eternals should have been done. That's arrogance. The Eternals fucking sucks. The, the Inhumans fucking sucks. They never should have even tried to do anything like that. James Burton says, JD is dead on. Thanks, man. And it's the freaking ego of the investors driving moronic decisions creatively based upon religion attempts to generate monetary numbers like producing computers, iPhones, and plain avarice. I love the word avarice. <laughs> avarice. Yeah, but yeah, it's... Way cooler than I think you're right. I think you're right. Like they just, we can't do anything wrong, and the audience went, "Yeah, no, you can." And and, and now that it's gone wrong, they're like, "You know what we need? We need more of what we were doing to these movies, and put more executives in charge." That's, but that's how executives think. Like executives, that for for as much as we pick on them, executives think that their function is to fix these things. They think because they are outside of the box that they can provide a more grounded take on what's happening. Now, I think they're all creatively inept and stupid, but here we are. almost said a bad word. But hmm. also going back to the fan backlash, right? The comic book fan backlash kind of thing. Pissed off nerds. Remember they had that big summit and they came out of it and they were like, they have some ideas and no one, he didn't, Feige didn't say, here's what we're definitely doing. But one of the things that leaked out of it was, oh, they want to bring back Robert Downey Jr. and and Scarlett Johansson and uh, redo the original Avengers cast, right? And I feel like so many people grabbed onto that story because as angry comic book nerds, that's what we wanted. We wanted our original team back and we want that. But now Chris Evans has come out and said, yeah, that's news to me. No one said anything to me about that being a possibility. So He said he was open to it. He did say it. Yeah, he said he was open to it, but right, yeah, but like he said, no one's contacted him. 
but like you said, Dave, like this is what comics is like. Like ultimately, what do we want from the Avengers? We want the big three. We want Cap, Iron Man, and Thor leading this charge. And then Astro's out there. And then what happens? Every time a writer takes on, like he puts some of his favorites on there. Like my best example is Jeff Johns when he was writing the Avengers. Had to put in the Jack of Hearts. No one ever gave a flying fuck about Jack of Hearts. But Jeff Johns wanted in there. Brian Bendis, same thing. Brian Bendis had Luke Cage in the century in there. Roger Stern gave us Monica Rambeau as Captain Marvel. And then, like, Black Knight on Circe. Like, this happens to every writer who writes Avengers and Justice League for the same matter. And then people go, I don't want this. And it's cool when Jam DeMattis and uh, Keith Giffen were giving us the Boaha Justice League. And it was funny. But eventually people are like, I just missed the Justice League. And then Grant Morrison comes out with the big seven. There's this always, it's this ebb and flow where you have to go, you got to bring out the A pl- the A players sometimes. And then when people get tired of the A players, when you got to bring in some of the lower tier guys to do some more focused stories with. And then people go, I'm not reading it for this. If there's this up and down cycle when it comes to comics, I think we're seeing that with the movies where yeah. we haven't gotten an Avengers movie, but it feels like we've got 90 Avengers movies. Oh my God. That's true. Yeah. Oh, pardon me. And I think they started doing that when they started sneaking Iron Man in all the movies as well and making him the connective tissue. But then all of a sudden, every movie started feeling like an Avengers movie. And it's we're still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Wow, lots of comments here. Yeah. James says, it's like bad 80s music. Everything needs Whoa. more cowbell. Watch of Speed and Time. Oh, and great time example of studio behavior. Oh, There's my no God. There's no thing as bad 80s music. It was all great, my friend. Even the corny <laughs> stuff is fun and has heart. Kassan <laughs> uh, says one thing. thing. Oh, oh go ahead. Go ahead. Whoa, Kassan, about my AEW stuff. I don't remember why I said this. Kassan says one thing JD has said about his AEW comments is how that the franchise is trying to cast a wide nut to capture more audiences, but those fans don't care about the IP. Yeah, and it's true. Like I, I forgot that I made this, con- this connection. Is when you try to get... I just made this today. I just compared this today. AEW, I'll go back to this analogy that I made. I've been saying AEW, All Elite Wrestling, the number two wrestling company, is trying to get more casual slash WWE fans following their product. And I look at Twitter and they're doing this tournament right now. It's a Japanese style tournament, round robin. I'm loving it. But then you get a lot of people in the comments that are like just tweeting Roman Reigns gifts. And and I I said today, I'm like, you're not going to win these people over. Right, no matter what you do, these people are committed to this. They Mm -hmm. by nature do not like that. And this is where we at where we're at a little bit too, is when you try to be all things to all people and just service everyone, you really chase away the core of what you are. And again, I think in Marvel's case, it's more of a it's more of a hey, we can do no wrong and we have all these great characters. And every writer is I believe and I'm in this kit, I'm in this too. Like when I was when I my first episode of this show. Like you, Dave asked me what, what back when I cared about comic book writing. What would if you could write one comic book for Marvel? What would it be? And I said, the Son of Satan, because every writer wants to put their own take on some hidden gem. Yeah, and that's what we're seeing right now. Right, we're seeing all these guys who want to try to put a put their own twist on something. Like, why else am I watching Monica Rambeau? Who cares? <laughs> and Kassan followed up. I think Disney's trying to do the same thing. By casting a wide net, trying to capture an audience that doesn't appreciate the IP, and the story becomes diluted. And- yeah, he said that a lot more sync than I did. <laughs> Good job, Kassan. Classy says, hey, what's up? I finished all my exams Friday night. Fall semester's ended. I'm relaxing until spring starts. Good for you, man. I have projects due soon. I have a Zoom meeting with one of my professors to make sure I nail my final. 
and I have my own finals as a teacher coming up. There's a lot going on. I'm a little stressed, and I'm talking about Marvel. <laughs> yeah, my uh, the girlfriend's two boys, the twins, they're freshmen in college. They've got their exams this week. Yeah, so college man, it can be stressful. It can be. I don't remember, but it can be. All right. I didn't remember because I was in there 20 years ago, and now I've decided to go back because I am trying to get paid more. Yeah, literally gluttony. I just want to get paid more for my job. So here I am. Anyway. All right. I don't think we're going to solve Marvel's problems tonight. Maybe next week. So let's take a quick break and come back with our main topic. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> I told you it was quick. All right. Oh, classy. Followed up three hours for one exam. I feel exhausted that Friday morning. Yeah. College sucks. <laughs> All right. We're Speaking here. of sucks, let's talk about this. Really? Let's really? That's how, you, that's how you're going to start it. Let's talk about it. All right. Real quick. Let's just talk. So we're talking, obviously, Godzilla minus one box office. It made worldwide $34 million, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that its budget was $11 million. So So 15 million. 15 million. Okay. So it doubled its budget, which is good. And then. And foreign language films in the U.S. typically don't draw a lot of money. Yeah, it did did 11 million in the U.S., 23 million in Japan. Although in Japan, the release date was November 3rd, so it's been out a full month so far. Much smaller population, too. Let's not forget that. True. On Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 97% from the critics and a 98% audience score. So this is a very highly rated movie. Kasan, I just read your... uh... (laughs) Go ahead. I have a prediction that JD liked the movie and it's just pulling John's leg because he is a, he is statistic. You're ruining my bit, dude. <laughs> Thanks. We are talking about a man who has killed me several times in his books. So yes, sadistic, I would go with that, definitely. Classy right, says just, he hasn't let's... seen the film, but he's gonna wait for streaming. Okay. All right. We all just saw the movie. I saw the movie Friday. I saw you it just, today. You, you I two saw just it today. saw it today. So, and you're the most fresh, JD. So, um, real quick, non-spoiler, what was your reaction coming out of the theater? You messaged me on Friday night at a tournament. I'm like, why is Dave bugging me? I'm looking down my phone. You said, have you seen it yet? I'm like, no, I haven't. He goes, you said, I cried. And I'm like, what a nerd. So that was the first <laughs> thought that went through my head. And I walked out of that film and I cried twice. This is, this movie this is the best monster movie. Calling it a monster movie is a disservice to what this film yeah, is. Yeah, I yeah. I cannot wait to talk about, get into details about this. Yeah, I was totally pulling. I was trying to mess with John a little bit. This is a beautiful film, and it tricks you. It totally tricks you into what it is. The seven-year-old, it did not pass the seven-year-old test. I will be. I will say that. And he, oh, he, too he boring wanted more, He wanted more monsters. And I'll say, right. I've always said, I've always said, and I'm going to, I'm going to take the L here. I've always said, I do not care about what these people between monster attacks are interested in. None of them matter. I was wrong. These mm-hmm. people, this was a great story surrounding this film. All right, John. 
I completely agree. This is, I'm, I'm not sure which is my favorite, this one or Shin Godzilla, but. I like this one better. Yeah, I'm, I think I might go with that too. And and only because of all the Godzilla, Godzilla movies I've ever seen, this is the one where you care about the human beings. Most this is, oh. Go ahead. Yes. Yes, Kassan, character trumps plot. And oh, the plot's real. The plot's real simple. I know, and but the characters, the way they like this, the char- the characters they gave us were just awesome, yeah. and it wasn't like the American monster, the American Godzilla movies where you've got the main characters playing around at, at at the feet of the monsters while the monsters are battling. Nobody's getting hurt. You're like, I don't care. This one, you're like, you're actually in fear for their freaking lives, okay. and gra- the CGI on this was incredible. phenomenal. <laughs> and I I saw a a short interview with the director on Corridor Crew, who do, yeah, Corridor Crew, they do reviews of CGI yeah, yeah. and movies, and they do their own CGI. Sometimes they try to do it better than the original movies. Yeah, I and, love that. I know what you're talking about. I love that channel. Go ahead. And, and the thing is, the uh, the director also does CGI. He's he's done he's done that work before. And he was like, yeah, we're like trying to beg, borrow, and steal on the on our minuscule budget. Enough processing power to, to put out these pixels. And sometimes, sometimes I just pull up a computer and start working out myself. I'm like, that's a director, man. Yeah. I, and you could tell Love they that. knew what the hell they were doing. This looks better than anything Marvel's put out in a while. 100%. On special $50 million. Dollars. Yeah. Like, it's un- unbelievable how great this movie looks. On $15 million. Unbelievable. Got, it's, better than the, it's better than the MonsterVerse stuff. And that stuff has got budgets of 160 and 170 million dollars consecutively. I like you know? the monster stuff. I think that stuff looks pretty good too. But this, I don't want to say it looks great for the budget because it just looks great. But I like the monsterverse. But this is the, it's different too. Like it looks like the monsterverse goes for this big high action thing, and this one plays it off. I saw regular screen. I didn't pay. I, I didn't pay for the IMAX. I'm cheapest. Yeah, Kassan said, is, did you watch IMAX regular? Mm-hmm. I watched the regular. My, my ears are too old for the IMAX stuff. Like I have to, I literally have to bring in earplugs if I go into IMAX because they've got the, the volume up way too high. All the way, yeah. It was like 55 bucks for me and the kid to go to see the movie to get, and we got some treats. Like I get yeah. another 10 bucks a seat. No, I'm good. No, I just, man, I can't get over how good the cinematography was in this movie. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah. You, you actually made, you actually, they actually made you feel that Godzilla was a monster, not yeah. like just this CGI guy walking across a miniature set. Not, and not just that stuff, but just like in the moments in between, it's a be- like the climactic shot of the movie that I'm sure is one brought Dave to tears. The shot is beautiful. It's blue. There's just enough splashes of white. Like this, I don't know who the cinematographer is, but man, can the guy compose and can the guy compose an image? It's unbelievable. Dave. Unbelievable. Dave. So, yeah. So what I was trying to say is, I'd have to tell you this. This you guys are big Godzilla fans, right? So that's why I agreed to do this movie. But I've never kicking and screaming. By the way, yeah, I, I didn't really want to do it. And um, you can ask Joey. I was like, I don't really want to go to the theater for this. So I was like, Joey, where do you normally download movies from? And I went and checked, and it wasn't available on any of the services because it just came out this weekend. So it wasn't, I wasn't able to get it. Like, if I was, it was available from a quote unquote service, like now, that would not be something that we could condone on the show. Um, so I was doing everything in my power to pirate the movie. I'll say it. I don't care. I'm watching it at home. And I was like, I couldn't do it. And I'm like, ah, fine, I'll go. 
So I go to the movies, I get my popcorn and soda, and I'm sitting there and I'm ready to like, first off, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I feel like they're showing way more commercials at the start of oh, the movies now. Andy this said This one that. was bad. This Yeah. yeah. Andy said that. And my seven-year-old's like, Dad, there's so many commercials. Yeah. Yeah. There was 25 minutes of commercials at mine. And then another yeah, 10 the movie was supposed of, to start at previews. The movie was supposed to start at 3.50. I was five minutes late getting there, five minutes late getting to my seat. And the movie, the previews didn't start until 10 after 4, I think it was. Ugh. Yeah. So it was 20 minutes of commercials from the time the movie was supposed to start. And so, I get repeats and, of commercials. I, I saw that damn Eminem with the mime commercial twice. It's like, why are you showing this but, to me twice? But like, I'm sitting there like, I just, I'm like, now I'm at the point where like, I'm just going to, I'm going to fall asleep. I don't want to watch this. I'm like so pissed off. By the time this movie was over, I was like, oh my God, this is probably the best movie I've seen this year. Like, yeah, I thought the same thing, man. Like, people are starting to see that. Like, it's such a good movie, such a good story, and we'll get into this. But Godzilla's almost insignificant. But he isn't insignificant. Like he's he's a, a MacGuffin, right? Yes. Which yeah. is what a good Godzilla movie should. Good one. And like, I get why you the scene happened. The one scene happens. I get why this got to Dave. There was one scene that I was like, I get it. I get why this moved Dave, and then it moved me. So I was like, I was shocked. I was shocked by this one. All right. All right. So. Maybe we spoiled a little bit. I don't know. Um, if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want spoilers, then this is a good place to, to bail out. If you don't care, here we go. So here's the thing. I am terrible with names. Yes. And I'm going and I'm gonna be even worse with Japanese names. Well let's agree. <laughs> I can do we'll the Japanese go, names. Yeah, but I'm not gonna we're not gonna be able to keep saying them over and over again. So the main character is a kamikaze pilot. What's his name, John? Shikishima. Say that again? Shikishima. Shikishima. That's the character's name. What's the actor's name? Oh, Kamaki Ryusinu... Ryu... Ryu... Ah, see? We're a bunch of white guys trying to pronounce Japanese. Kama, so like, I should... I Sometimes I have to pronounce it out if I haven't seen read right. it before, but... So the movie starts yeah. out... and So first thing people need to understand, the movie takes place, like, at the end of World War II. It's a prequel. This is right. a prequel. Now... Oh, it's a soft reboot. Do you know why the movie's kind of yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know why the movie's called make... minus one? I've heard a couple different things. That's a great question. Why is it called minus one? Okay. It, it, well, in one way, if you look at it, it happens before the original 1954 movie. Right. That's what I heard. Is that because some people consider the the original movie Godzilla Zero or mm. Godzilla One, something like that. So this is why they're calling this minus one because it's technically a prequel. Before the original movie, it's yeah, but a soft reboot too. Because if this had actually happened in that timeline, the other one would have been completely different. But yeah, uh, that's what I thought too. Like it really, the Godzilla timelines are all fast and loose. And I was trying. I told Andy in this story. I said, "You need to remember." I said, "Remember, you need to remember, buddy. This isn't the monster verse Godzilla." I told him, I said, "This isn't right, the good right, guy right. Godzilla because the guy loves Godzilla and like, he loves that Godzilla and Kong are teaming up in the next one." Again, he's seven, so I tried to explain yeah. to him. I said, "Bud, this is a different un." But I said, "When this is a different universe, Godzilla." He went, "Oh, okay," which is crazy that seven-year-olds now understand what that means. Mm -hmm. So we curse Marvel up and down, but they've we've gotten parallel Earths over to children. And because of Japanese culture, they consider groups of these movies different eras because they were made by the same teams. So, like, the 1954 is the Showa era, and mm -hmm. that goes to 1975. Okay, Clancy might be right. I 
Godzilla minus one equals Godzilla zero. So sure, okay, yeah, that's a clever way to do it. So it's the, near the end of World War II. This plane, we see this Japanese plane land on an island, which is a a repair island, and we find out that our hero, our main character, is a kamikaze pilot who's there to get his plane fixed. And through oh. talking with the mechanics, what did you not catch that? No, I got that, John. You know why it's called the Showa era? Well, oh, because it's related mm-hmm. to the political era. It's the Emperor of Japan, the Emperor Showa. Oh, okay. So stuff made after his reign is not the show. It would be the Hensai era. The Hisai era, excuse me. Interesting. Just learned that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if we called things by the American president? And, and then the millennium era. Actually, on here, on my list, it's, it, it's like the Showa era, the Hisai era, the millennium era, the uh, Rewa era, and then the American film, which don't go to air. So real quick, while he pops him before bed, what was your review of the Godzilla movie? We're talking about it right now. Pretty good. You liked it pretty good? Do you yeah. like the MonsterVerse ones better, though? Yeah. More action. What didn't you like about this one? What was it? What did you say you didn't like about it? The love. It, they tricked us. It's not a monster movie. It's a love story. <laughs> so you wouldn't like Shin Godzilla because of all the politi- <laughs> political <laughs> parts we'll of that. Go over a yeah. seven-year-old. I've never shown him Shin Godzilla. But yeah, um, well, this is a love story. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet. So mm-hmm. through the dialogue, you find out like there's nothing wrong with the plane. So the mechanic kind of, without saying it, says, oh, you've abandoned... Because the kamikaze pilot, for those who don't know, I don't know how you don't know because we all had to take history in school, but the Have kamikaze you seen pilot... the American education system? <laughs> kamikaze hey, pilot I'm a teacher. You're right. ...would fly their planes into the boats and kill themselves. It was considered an honor to, to, yeah. do, to put down your life to save your loved ones. That's the um, point. They, Class, Classy says, wait a minute, this movie takes place after World War II. And we say after, we need mean like five minutes after yeah, World, like World War II. Like World War II, let's end it. Yeah. So they lost since they wouldn't have weapons that could affect Godzilla. That is a right. major plot point of the film. Yes. Yes. It's how um, the fuck do we beat the giant lizard? While they're, while he's on this island, night comes and, of course, Godzilla shows up. It's not the full-grown Godzilla. He's not ginormous yet. It's not Godzuki either. But, it's like uh, King Kong 33. Like, think about 1933 King. It's like that size Godzilla. Yeah. Ends up killing. He's about eight stories high. And then, of course, the mechanic, the head mechanic, tells our kamikaze pilot to go get to the his gun on the plane because that should be strong enough to hurt this creature. Which, again, yes, we find out later that probably wouldn't have worked. But we don't know because between because later on they show Godzilla getting hit by the Bikini Atoll nuclear tests. So we don't know whether he had that power of regeneration before. No, but he's getting shot a bunch and he's eating those bullets. Yes, oh, yeah, right. no, he was hit by the smaller caliber bullets. Not We yeah. didn't see any yeah, still, caliber. I still, don't, I still don't think the 22s would have affected him. Yeah, but, uh, it, it was, that was a gamble. That was a gamble. Yeah, it's a gamble, yeah. Which our, lead, which our main hero, which our hero doesn't take. And he classes there should be American military bases. Japan's was part of the Unsplendor. History, my history says, yeah, 100% classy. That is all worked into. Yeah. The, yeah. This is almost a different history. Just it, Right. And also, you need to realize, like, again, we're right, we're right at the end of the war. Like, it's funny. I've, someone has said this to me before, but it's true. When we learn history, we learn dates and things that happen. In our minds, it was like this. But it's, you know, it's years. Like, from the time the Declaration of Independence was signed to the end of the Revolutionary War and those kinds, or the lead up to the Revolutionary War, that was years and years. But we think it was like in a weekend. Left. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress. He freezes. 
he gets to the gun, but then he freezes shooting to shoot Godzilla. Because he's already suffering from basically PTSD. PTSD. And he's not the kind of person that wants to off himself. And shooting at an eight-story monster is probably a good way to off yourself. And uh, stressful moment. Yeah. Mm. So basically everyone but him and the main mechanic die. I like like, thanks a lot for letting all of our friends die. Yeah. There's a scene on the island between the two of them where he's like, yeah, you're, you froze up. You're disgraced, all this stuff. They show them on a boat going back to Japan, the main Island. And the mechanic hands him this little package and walks away. And here the package is photos of all the men that died on the Island. So, and their families, which yeah. is very dishonorable. It's a dishonor in Japanese culture. Yeah, and I want to say that too. There's a underlining thing with him in the movie about him disgracing his honor because he didn't kamikaze and kill himself during the war. And like, especially in today's world, I think people might not understand that. And they might have a hard time wrapping their brain around that. But that's what was a big thing in Japanese culture is honor. I'm going to talk about this when, when we're done with the plot summary. This movie is uniquely Japanese in that it yeah. embraces samurai culture and ultimately it becomes a rejection of it, which I think is what really makes the film work. But continue. Hmm. Um, okay. So, yeah. So then that's part of the scene, too. He gets back to Tokyo. Like, it's destroyed from the war. Just rubble everywhere. I can't even imagine what it was like in, in these countries that were devastated after World War II. And I think they're trying to give you a feel of it here. I think it was well done, but yeah, I don't think anyone can understand. And of course, he runs into his neighbor, um, his parents' neighbor, and Samiko, mm-hmm. and she's angry because she finds out he was a kamikaze pilot and he came back, so he didn't do what he was supposed to do, and that becomes a part like a plot point. And um, of course, you find out that his parents died in the bombings, so. Um, he starts living in his ha- in their house, which that's What's another left thing. of it. Everything What's was rubble. Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's another interesting thing too. Like back then, you could do that. Nowadays, you can't just like, move into your parents' house <laughs> if you come back from a war and find out they're dead. I don't think you could. You'd have to fill out paperwork. <laughs> let's let's hope we never find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, then here's where the twist, the real twist of the movie comes. Is he's in town? He's having lunch. There's a woman running down the street being chased by men she's carrying something she hands it to him and then runs off and then he realizes what he handed her what he what she handed him was a baby and uh, he thinks about she never comes back he thinks about leaving the baby he can't because he's a good person he's walking away and then she shows back up and uh, they end up living together what did you guys think about that was that a plausible scenario yeah Yeah. yeah, no go ahead no i'm saying that situation absolutely it's not her daughter, right? So she takes, she finds this orphan baby and she can't get rid of it. Just the same way he can't turn his back on these two people who need help. So this becomes like a de facto family, even though they're not really at first, but they are. And it's this kind of codependency all, situation. Yeah. And they're all dealing with PTSD. Like she, she mm-hmm. watched her parents burn to death while telling her to go live He's still dealing with survivor's guilt from being a comic, a failed kamikaze pilot and mm-hmm. what happened on the in island. islands. They're the, all the little girl. Yeah, the little girl is like the child, the offspring of two parents who are dead, are gone. Thank you. So this is, it sets this real interesting family, like pseudo family, like dynamic 
and they have to figure out how to. And that's what I love about this movie is it's really about how do we go on? That's really the story. This, this yeah. whole movie's theme is how do we move forward? Like, how do we move past tragedy? And that's what I think that makes this movie very different than a lot of Godzilla movies, which is really like about destruction and the cost yeah. of things. This movie mm. really is more interested in how does it get better? How do we fix yeah, this? Because then what happens is he gets a job, but the job is destroying Det- the land. Detonating the, mines. Detonating the sea, the, the sea mines that both the Americans and the Japanese left in the ocean around mm-hmm. the islands, which... Which I'm was sure, a real job back then. Actually. I was about yes. to say, and I'm sure it was a giant, giant, ginormous problem that they had to take care of. And, and it's funny because he shows up and there's a rickety old boat that he has to get on. And they're using a, a wooden boat so that they don't attract the magnetic mines, which would automatically detonate. Exactly. It's just, um, it was a bad. We meet our other main characters here. So we've got, I'm just going to call them by their nicknames, the captain. There's captain, there's doc, and there's the kid. Yeah. On, the, on the boat and uh, and then we go through they all get they all have their roles in this little team and then all of a sudden it's three years later and he's doing this job and they show he built the house back up and then this is what this is where the movie fascinates me because like uh, people listening you realize we had godzilla a little bit in the beginning i haven't talked about him in a while yet there's a lot that goes on this movie before we ever see godzilla again mm-hmm. But this is where they show the nuclear test from Operation Crossroads, a.k.a. the Bikini Atoll Islands. Yes. Where they drop, they, they basically detonate a few bombs and they, they show Godzilla being mutated by that. Which right. is just ducky considering it's, he already had a really bad temper. They, and, the, and it's funny because they do it through like a news report, which I thought was interesting. And I don't, I, I was curious about this in Japan because it, it was in English this news report that comes out and they're talking about the nuclear Well, it was on the American side because it was the American boats that were going down. But do you think in Japan it's in English or do you think that's in yes. Japanese? Okay. No, but that's the, 100%. Most Japanese people speak some English okay. and there's a, it's cultural. A lot of them dig American words, right? Like in Japanese wrestling, we always see this where guys will have the Americanization of their name with all caps and it's a yeah. statement, right? Yeah. So there's uh this movie is kind to neither the American government nor the Japanese government. No, it's Which not is unusual because normally these things Very. are government raw. They'll take on uh-huh. Godzilla. Not, not this, this one. one. Not at all. No. So it made this movie very unique. Continue, Dave. And realistic. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, they do a newsflash where you see, okay, here's the, the experiments, which obviously caused Godzilla to grow. You know um, what happens here. Right. Yeah. The, the U.S. can't get involved because they're worried about the Soviets. And the Japanese government is too busy rebuilding because from the war still and, and whatnot. So and they probably don't believe that the problem is that big. So then when these guys are out doing their work, we get our first encounter with giant Godzilla. Oh, no, no. That's right. They weren't working. That's right. Because they there was in that news report, a, a, a boat had gotten destroyed and they sent them out to investigate mm-hmm. with some other mm-hmm. boats. And that's when we see Godzilla. So, and we get a cool little like chase scene. What did you guys, what were you thinking at this point? What did you think of this scene with the. I was thinking, this is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It looked so good. I mean, the look on Godzilla's face is, oh no, that's a monster. That's, yeah, he he was like, I'm going to eat you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You are in my way. 
Yeah. Again, most of the Godzilla movies are like, there's Godzilla walking through the city or whatever, and there's there's no personality to the monster. They gave a personality to Godzilla in this. He's Get out pissed. of my way, motherfucker! Yeah. It is Godzilla the entire I'm, film. Like, I'm sorry, did you mad. shoot at me? You need like, to die yeah. for that. <laughs> he's an animal. And I love, there's a line in this, when Godzilla finally does wash ashore, <laughs> I, it just sets up the future too. Where God, this is he's made Tokyo his territory now, and that's what he's doing. He's coming up to wreck yeah. shop to say, "This is mine now. You mm-hmm. people can live here if you want, as long as you understand that you work for me, motherfucker." Yeah. And this, the whole plot and the whole like plot point at the end, we're like, we're just going to lure him back by playing his own voice at him. So we'll think there's another monster and get territorial. I was like, oh, you just set up all the rest of the movies. Yeah. You just yep. explained Godzilla's baby face turn. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. love humanity. He doesn't want anyone else to screw up his town because it's his. God damn it. Yeah. And the animal. And, like you treat Godzilla like an animal in this movie, which I really liked. And, and yeah. unlike a lot of the other Godzilla movies where they are very specific about not showing Godzilla actually <laughs> eating or killing people. Oh, boy. In, in this one, he's just chomping on people all over the place and pasting people everywhere. Just, yeah. just. With his tail, with his feet, just death and not destruction. Cause not because he's hungry, but because he can. And the funny thing is, like, this isn't just a chase scene for the fa- sake of a chase scene. They establish a lot about Godzilla in the scenes. They they have two mines on the on their little boat. They send one mine out. It hits him. It blows up, but it doesn't hurt him. Shells, right? The scales. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they get him to eat one of the mines. They shoot it, and it blows up. Roy Shire and... style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And also known as the Jaws kill shot. Like all this damage on his face, and he's like laying there, and then it heals. And it and was like one oh, of the crap. best regeneration. That was so cool. Where you see Godzilla's face regenerate, then he's like, now yeah, now you have to die. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now you have to die. And then a warship comes over. A, a battleship giving, shows up, yeah. Yeah. Comes and gives Godzilla more bombs. Okay, they have to die more. Because yeah. they're annoying me more than you guys are. And that's how our four <laughs> heroes get away, because he's distracted uh-huh. by the, the, the warship. Yeah. And, and the rest the first of the time we see the atomic breath, too. Yeah, it's where you unveiled the atomic That's very cool. We didn't like, see it doctor. then. We, we just saw him warming it up. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And then we go back to the mainland, and then everyone's got to figure out, what the hell do we do with this thing? How yeah. do we figure out what to do? And this is another, like... And again, this whole thing plays off the pseudo family because like these two people, and this is like the core of the movie, is our, our protagonist and our and his love interest. Even though she's not, like he rejects her. Like they're like, oh, this is your wife. He's like, oh, it's not my wife. And she's like, oh, you have to move on and meet somebody. Like they clearly love each other. But again, he's still, and they say this many times, he's still fighting the war. This right. movie has more in common with coming home or first blood yep. than any other Godzilla movie. This is the fourth of July. Born on the 4th of July, yeah, it takes so many influences from those type of movies with our lead character. And he's literally, and it's so Japanese here, where he's talking about being haunted. He has a dream sequence. He's haunted by the ghosts of the men that he let down. He's not literally haunted by their ghosts, but it's their figurative ghosts. And they're haunting his dreams, and it's his guilt. Again, something very tied to the Japanese culture, this concept, right, of... And it just, it, it, it's driving the movie and it drives a wedge between these two characters, right? And she gets a job in Ginza, which has been, which was largely untouched from the bomb. So she's going to work to help provide, and they're the richest people in town because he's working, blowing up mines. He's rebuilding his house. Everyone else lives in squalor around him. And that's an important scene too, right? Like when she yeah. tells him, I got a job 
like he almost wants to say, no, I want to take care of you. Don't take this job. But he's he can't say that he loves her and wants to marry her. So mm-hmm. he's got to let her go take the job. Yeah, right. it's such a beautiful story between it's the two. So, it's, it is. It's beautiful. And then like when they find it, when Godzilla comes back, they're like, oh, shit. And he's like, oh my god, it's going to Giza. It's just yep. it's right out of a just right out of any old movie where he's got to rush in, and you have one of the most amazing. And this is when Godzilla comes to Ginza and starts destroying the mainland, where he's just like, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna eat your train. And it's just amazing. Okay, she just okay. So a couple th- a couple things about the scene. Number one, am I wrong, or was there a <laughs> shot where it felt like the train was a model, like it looked? Yeah, it didn't bother it, it, me. It, only, it, it was. I noticed. Yeah, it wasn't as noticeable as it has been in other. No, no. Others. No, and I'm, I'm. It made me wonder quite a few things. Like, a, what? How much of this movie was practical? How much was it CGI? Or did they do that on purpose? Was it CGI? No, they pulled. They they pulled a Baby Yoda on this. What they did was they made the CGI first. Okay. And then they made a practical model, a large scale practical model based on the cgi normally they do it the other way around and it sucks but with baby yoda they did it right that that way they did it they did the puppet first and then they did the cgi off or no the cgi and then they did the puppet off of that so it's almost indistinguishable which one is which so so there are practical effects in there you know and the thing is the cg the cgi is so good because of the director and the practical effects it it merges so well i don't know like sometimes you're not sure which is which no, I agree. I didn't even think I was so lost in the movie. I wasn't even thinking about special effects. The scene where his, I was call her his wife, and I can't remember what's her name again, John. What's the name of the love interest? Name? Oh, the love interest that was. Yeah, she's hanging from. She's the only person left in the train, and, she, and he goes, "Oh, she's like Tom Cruise," because he didn't. He was, <laughs> he's going. He's going for a Mission Impossible kick right now. So no, if she were Tom like Cruise, a, a, she would have been running in the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, she was. Yeah. So, no, like, no, she was just walking until he came up. That is true. She, yeah, there's way too. Yeah, I'll get that. But she's hanging from there, and then she falls in the water, and then the they bomb Godzilla, and all the people stop to watch to make sure Godzilla dies, and then Godzilla's one time, fuck you, and they're like, ah, and they have to start running again. Well, that's he comes that's a cool shot too because he comes out of the sprint. cloud dust. Yeah, it's so great. This is the cinematography in this oh, movie. Oh, so you've got good. the news. You've got the news crew on that the was building, awesome. tr- filming oh. him. And yeah. then his tail hits the bottom of the building, and the, so the building starts collapsing, and they all just go. Yeah. What I love about that is that wasn't intentional, right? Because these people don't matter to Godzilla. They're ants, man. Right, the right. people are just ants. They're just in his way. It's all this stuff that he doesn't understand, that he doesn't like. I'm just going to knock this stuff away because it's in my way. It's until just the, in, the cold indifference of nature. Yeah. In, until right? the ants With, start firing tanks at him. Then he gets and then pissed. He takes- then he's yeah. like, oh, fuck you. And he blows the fire for the first time. And again, very much the core of what Godzilla is about. Because back in 54, Godzilla is a parable film about the destruction of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Yeah. The whole movie plays off very much a not so obvious way to tell that story. This does the same thing, but takes it to a different level. Right. So you have this scene where the fire blows, right? And all these people are dying. And he tries to save his wife is one his would-be wife and she's blown away into the ether essentially and we she dies wait wait wait, wait. You're, yeah, missing we important, you're missing an important part what did i miss she pushes him out of mm. the way mm. into right. an alley and then she's right. blown away and it's you're like saved, oh my god yeah she saved him 
And I told Andy that I, I looked at Andy and said, she loves him so much. She saved him. And he goes, why didn't she jump in there with him? And I said, plot convenience. Because what did, that's, what? that's her. Mm-hmm. That's the Avengers. Coulson gets killed moment. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, like, and you need, it needed to happen. It needed to happen. Yeah. Cause this jump starts. Cause this is really the moment that jump starts him back. And he goes, he goes, okay, I am what I am. I am a kamikaze pilot. And then yep. we get our second jaws inspired scene. You have the town meeting to figure out how we're going to kill them off. Oh, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't think it that way. Yeah. Also right out of Jaws. So they're like, <laughs> and then the doctors, I have a plan. And it's based on Freon bubbles. And I'm like, this is convoluted as hell. But I like yep. it. It's creative. Yep. Oh, yeah. They, gonna, go, ahead. go ahead, John. You're smarter than me. <laughs> they, basically, what they're doing is they're putting Freon bubbles around because of Freon is a much less dense. And then it's nothing. It basically, yeah, basically puts him in a chute to fall straight down into the depths, which rapid compression like that would normally kill just about anything. And then they lift him back up again, and that makes all the nitrogen in your blood immediately expand. Normally, that would kill somebody. It's called giving you embolisms all over your body. And Essentially, they're trying to kill Godzilla by giving him the bends. Mm. But the super bends. The super yeah, bends. Yeah, like the, the mega bends. But, but <laughs> so, here's the thing. When, when they took that that cloak off of the model, I, I, I'm i sure a lot of people were sitting there going, it's the oxygen destroyer, isn't it? From the original. I thought it was going to be the oxygen destroyer. No, I didn't know what they were going to do. So this is, the, this is the rest of the movie is the, uh, and they tell us like, this is not a government thing. This is not a military right, thing. Right. This is the citizens of Japan. They make this like, the citizens have to fight back. And I'm like, oh my God. That's what this is like. It just this is the moment that it really it, it calcified in my brain what they were going for. This is a story saying it's the people of Japan that have to right. rebuild, not the governments, yep. not these social systems. It's you and me. Yep. It's the people that have to. And I was like, oh my god, this is so well written. And, and but, but again, our heroes. You know what? It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. And our okay, hero has. The next yeah, mm-hmm. the hero goes. I'm the only person that heard it. We can hurt it from the inside. So he's, I'm going to become a fighter. I'm going to become a pilot one more time and I'm going to fly into right. his mouth. So no, again, no, just uh, wait, sorry, Dave, just one thing. The idea of the citizens banding together and working towards common goal is in it's in it's ingrained in Japanese culture because of the Island they live on with yep. earthquakes oh, yeah. and all this other, and all, and their it's history. Japanese. So this movie is uniquely Japanese. Yeah. Oh. And that's and it's one of the reasons why if you see a bunch of Japanese people go to an American ball game or something and when everybody else is leaving, they're picking up all the garbage because they have this idea that the citizens have to work together to yeah. keep things clean, to, to help people that are in trouble. It's just a deep part of their culture. And mm-hmm. we could learn from that, actually. So. Um, so again, our hero at this point has to figure out how he's going to fly. They have a, a experimental fighter plane. Right. I was going to say, yeah. a, a plot convenience, Doc has this plane that they had developed at the end of the war, but never got really used. I love that. I think that yeah. plane's actually real. It is. They, it's it's like, like, Germany had a whole bunch of planes. They never used either that yep. actually mm-hmm. turned things around. Had they used it. Nobody but, plans to lose a war when you lose the war. <laughs> yeah. But here's the problem. It's been sitting so long and it doesn't really work, and they need a mechanic dun, 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 to come fix it. And uh-huh. our hero does not want to go up unless it's the mechanic that he from the war that uh, he was on the island with. He, he they go through a search. The mechanic shows up one night, 
And I think that beats was also one of the... Beats his ass. Beats his ass. But I also think it's one of the best scenes mm-hmm. in the movie is the confrontation between the two of them where he's basically it comes down to, why should I help you? And our hero goes, because the war's not over for you either. Mm-hmm. And like, these are two broken men that... Oh my God, I'm going to tear up. These oh, are two so broken good. men that need each other to get over their trauma from the war. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. What a lot of this movie boils down to is like people need each other. And because they have shared tra- tragedy. Yes. It, by the way, the uh, the plane is actually real. It's Kyushu, the Kyushu J, J7W Shinden. And it was actually finished just as the war ended. So, so I think it's also a good... They did their research. Again, as you said, JD, being a very Japanese movie, it's a good contrast here where the doc's plan... His idea is that we're, we can stop Godzilla and no one has to die when we do this. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what where, he wants. That's like when this whole movie takes an interesting turn, right? Because these Godzilla movies can really easily fall into like torture porn or destruction porn. Yeah. Uh, just, and it's part of the fun is watching the destruction. But this movie really calls it out and says, we don't have to die to beat this. And because this is going to work. And he's maybe we got to try something. We got to try. I love, yeah. I love that. And it's really trying to band people together and that's what they do they get they trap godzilla right they lure him in with the plane and they're luring him out the mount with the sound of his own voice to piss him off to say hey we got another godzilla up here and he's like you got another godzilla fuck you and he's coming back up <laughs> fuck that godzilla him. i'll show you it. yes i will but, show you and then <laughs> but then the contrast is our hero thinks no the only way to stop this is i have to die i have to sacrifice myself fly into his mouth with a bomb and blow him up i have to fit it because he he says if i had done my job if i was because again that he told a couple of if you were if you had done your job as a samurai maybe we don't or as a kamikaze pilot maybe we don't lose which is bullshit but then that they were that's that was cultural a lot to think that maybe if i jumped in that plane to shoot them maybe i could have killed godzilla also bullshit yeah but it's cold and i love that it's this just this culturally ingrained idea of sacrifice, of self-sacrifice, seppuku, yeah. the, the action of the samurai culture thing. So he thinks he has to embrace that while everyone around him is moving in another direction. Yes. But he's still fighting the war. Yep. Right? He's still fighting the war, which, again, the prop- the Japanese propaganda used during the war was embracing the samurai culture, the samurai mythos. You're going to fight with your two swords. Like, you're going to do that. And so he's going to, so he's got the plane, by the way, is full of bombs. He's going to fly in. And so they try this. They wrap the guy, they wrap Godzilla in the Freon. He sinks. Continue. Wait, I was going to say, before we I'm get to that, it's the morning of, they're getting ready to do all of this. And the mechanic is going over, here's how you arm yeah. the bomb. Here's how you do this. And then he goes, oh, and there's one more thing. And then we cut that scene. And I'm like, you have an idea of what is said? I missed you're it. Not sure. oh, I missed, missed it. it? I missed that line, and I'm really glad I did. So he goes, yeah, there's one more thing they cut. Yes, they go through with the plan. He uses the... Godzilla comes on the land. That's the other thing. Godzilla was early. Like, they were expecting him to be... To get on... To still be in the water. But he gets on the land, so the plane comes, distracts him. They lure him back out to the sea. They want to do it over the trench. What was the name of the trench, John? I forget, too. Oh, okay. Because I think it's not supposed to be where... Spoiler, he comes out of... In the original movie, isn't he supposed to deep trench? It's fine. Continue. <laughs> so they distract him. They basically six. Another part is they don't want the a little subplot. Like they tell the kid not to go because the everyone else is older and has been through the war. The kid was never through the war, 
but he's like, I want to help save my country too. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a good little sub thing. They, they do they do the plan. They sink him, but it doesn't work. They then bring him back up real quick. And as he's coming up, he gets he chews off the <clears> balloons, <throat> and he's stuck 800 feet below the surface or meters. I don't remember whatever. And they can't, they're trying to pull him up, and they can't. And then here comes the kid with a bunch of people in tugboats, and they were able to pull to bring Godzilla up, and they he get him up. Rough. He looks I he said today. He's damaged, but he ain't out. And nope. He again one more time. Godzilla looks and goes, Oh fuck you. And he charges <laughs> up. I love the spikes jutting out and turning blue. And then here comes our hero in the ship or in the uh, yeah, well, ship space plane. Godzilla plane. opens his mouth, he flies right in. Kaboom. Go, go ahead. In my theater, when the plane, yeah, you watch the plane fly in, the music's playing on it, the plane hits, and you got that one moment of silence. And mm-hmm. some toddler in my theater took that exact moment to go bye bye, and everybody in the <laughs> audience <laughs> lost it. <laughs> Ruined it. Everybody in my, and we're all laughing, but I'm like, I, you know, that's so, a shame because anyway, it, it's just perfect timing. In my head, at that moment, like he did it. He's the Sam. He's the Kamikaze. He finally did it. And then when the smoke clears, you see the parachute. And I would, he chose life. And they cut back to the mechanic saying, here is the escape hatch. Here is, here's, you here's parachute the, out. He said, this plane has an ejection seat. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you and I'm like, gonna, he chose and life. That's and that's when you knew the mechanic truly forgave him as well. Uh-huh. And, and it's it like this like, beautiful moment where the war ends for him. Because again, it's not about death. He finally says, we don't have to die. We don't have to die. We can live. And he does. He chooses to live. And at that point, I'm like, now I get why Dave cried. And I started crying too. And Andy's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, because it's a beautiful scene. He's like, I guess. And I I want to say, to not only is it a very Japanese thing, it's also a very guy thing, I think. No, it is. It is. But again, it's like it's the reject. What I loved about this is it's the rejection of the samurai culture that is a bit morbid that embraces death. And the whole idea of this movie is we don't have to sacrifice. We can fight really hard to live, yeah. fight really hard to push for life, not death. Mm-hmm. So he lands and everybody cheers and his neighbor brings back his daughter and he hugs her and then she hits him a few times like she's mad at him and he's like, what do you want from me? I just killed Godzilla. Godzilla probably does blow up and he sinks and she he gives she gives him a telegram and he looks at her like, no way. And then this is a little mega happy but it works, right? Yeah. Him and the daughter run to the hospital. They go in and she's alive. She's beat up. She's missing, possibly missing an eye. She's all bandaged up. But he sees her, and in that moment, he realizes that if he had followed the old way, if he had done the kamikaze path, he would have cheated himself out of knowing his one true love was still alive. And instead, because he chose life, chose him. And it's just this beautiful, it's corny, yes. But it is a beautiful moment in a film that works so well and she is just this embodiment of what japan is in 1946 and beaten up beautiful but the opportunity for life is still there and the movie ends with her asking so is your war finally over yeah yes Actually, the movie. No, that's ends. not where the movie ended. That's not where the movie ends. The movie ends where you're underwater. You got Godzilla regenerating because you had mm-hmm. to. It was still. A, they're like, yeah, yeah. we made a Godzilla movie. He's coming mm-hmm. back. Yeah, 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 we know. But it was like 
this movie had no fucking business being this good. As a real movie. They made a real movie with a monster. Yeah. Best for monster $15 million. Dollars. It's the best monster movie ever made. And I had to read subtitles and I loved it. <laughs> oh, you wiener. You complain about reading subtitles in a movie. See, uh, I, I don't even I don't even notice. I like some Japanese words I pick up now because I've watched so much anime, but the subtitles, it's just I just automatically do that. I don't, well, Andy I don't was even the, realize I'm doing it anymore. Andy was cool with it because he knows he can read, but he can't read soup. He's not he's not good enough to read conversational. Yeah. So it's like he was able to when they took beats, he was like, Oh, okay. He was following along, but like when they had like conversations, he had a harder time following because he's seven he's still learning how to read and it's good i think i'm gonna do this again make him watch some movies like this with these help him get his reading skills up but man i was like they tricked i just remember thinking they tricked me they tricked me i thought i was going to see a monster movie and i saw a love story and it it worked and a movie about the survival of the human spirit yeah Mm. it really is it unlike shin godzilla which is really a movie about look how bad stuff can get if yeah. you let bureaucracy get in the way, like it's a very Shin Godzilla is a dark. This yeah. is not a dark for all which the destruction we, and chaos. This is a movie, like we, you said, David, the triumph of the human spirit. Yep. Which goes to show you that's two Godzilla films in a row that are like, yeah, government not really going to save you. And mm-hmm. it's just like, what was that's, the other? That's unusual because, like, uh, the, yeah, the American films are like they're made in conjunction with the army and navy so that they can get, you know, get yeah. scale models or, or flybys on film and such from the actual armed forces. And, and they get paid for that. And they, they're not allowed to show the the U.S. armed forces in a bad light. But this Japan normally is, the, yeah, go Japan ahead. is one of the few countries that's not allowed to go to war, right? They that's have the, the, the SDF, the self-defense yep. force. And that's, their it, that's all they're allowed. But they're, 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 their culture has taken pride in the fact that we are the only country who by law cannot go to war. Yeah. And this really embraces that whole aspect of it. We're in the US, we got no problem going to war. We'll start a war yeah. tomorrow. So this is this is far and away the smartest. I think this is Shin Godzilla was smart, but that was like it's dark. It's very pessimistic, Shin Godzilla. This yeah. is the opposite. This is a Godzilla movie about hope. And mm-hmm. I was moved by it. I cannot believe how good it was. I went expecting just a good old time of seeing a monster movie romp. And I did not get that. And I've never been more happy that my expectations were not met. I'd go see this again. I would. Yeah, I mean, what? We had Godzilla in the beginning, the middle and the end. Yeah. Good Fire. Godzilla too. It could have been Showa era Godzilla or Godzuki or, but no, this was good Godzilla or bad Godzilla. I told Andy, remember, yeah. I said, remember this version of Godzilla is not the good guy. This yeah. is not a good guy, Godzilla. This is a bad guy, Godzilla. He's, he's a, a force of nature in this movie. He, really. he is a force of nature, but I'm when I'm laying stuff to a seven year old who fully, who was like the whole time he's like justifying Godzilla's destruction. He's like those people shot at him when they didn't have to. He's defending himself. These people wow. are shooting at Godzilla again. My kid loves Godzilla, and he's right though to point out that human nature is to attack something we don't understand, and actual nature is again fuck you. Yeah, but. So, yeah, Here's a he was destroying and killing hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. yeah, but again, but again, it is again that, and that's a lot of tight takes Godzilla movies have taken. Is like humanity always lashes out against what it doesn't understand, and then it, when it lashes back, we cry victim. Yeah, this is that's Shin Godzilla. This movie was different. This movie is Godzilla is a force of nature. He's neither good nor evil. He is like a hurricane. He is like a bomb that got dropped. He is 
He has something that is out of our control. And the more we try to control it, the less control we have over it. But life can go on. And, and, like, and like the lessons of the original Godzilla movies, humans made it worse with the nuclear bomb. That's, that's one of the core lessons of the original 1954 Godzilla is mm-hmm. it's the hubris of man playing around with yeah. the, creation, the creation of matter. Yeah. Yeah, because Godzilla was very happy to wash up on this one little island every now and then and cause some trouble and go back to the water, take a nap. And then we had to make it worse. Yeah. Yeah. What a good movie. What a good movie. All right. My favorite so, movie of the year. Let's, all right. Let's, then you can go first. Let's wrap it up. Final thoughts and, and give it a rating one out of this movie. This movie is so much smarter than it has any right to be. It's filmed so much better than it has any right to be. When people make fun of a Godzilla movie, you can say, you should actually watch Godzilla Minus One. And people will laugh at you and they'll watch it. And if they give it an op- if they open their mind to it, they'll be surprised at how smart. And more importantly, because Shin Godzilla is smart. This has heart. Mm. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I think separates this. From just about everything else in this genre is there's never been a, a film like this with more heart with more care with more thought and i hate rating these things i always tend to make fun of it but man this is a, it's like a nine and a half man this was great high praise indeed all right john i'm giving it a nine and a half too the, no thought needed it, it was just it is so good that i want to go see it again in theater like this is this is one of those ones you really want to see in the theater yeah, I think you should. The scope yeah, of everything yeah. I think needs to be seen on the big screen. Yeah. I think this works yeah. better on the big screen. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, everything was perfect. It just finally, we care about the humans. Finally, they're portrayed as not just places where the camera can go to watch the, the big monster fight. And the CGI and the practical effects and everything together. Wow. You really feel menace from Godzilla in this. It's really cool. And a nice addition to his atomic breath, too. Add this one on to all the different types that he's had before. So, uh, yeah, no, nine and a half. I just go see it. Mm-hmm. You won't regret it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. As a guy who as a guy who didn't want to go see this movie, I loved almost every second of it. Can't uh, get higher praise than that. Yeah. I thought... I thought showing them regenerate at the end was a little cheesy, but I understand why they did it because it's Godzilla, like, man. I know. I understand why they did it, but it was like they didn't need. You knew there was he was coming back. We didn't need to see it. Yeah, and I agree with John. This is meant for the big screen. Go see this on the big screen. Doesn't have to be IMAX. Go to regular theater and watch it and still enjoy it. But I don't think it works on your twenty-seven inch tube television. <laughs> so get a seventy-two inch. <laughs> replace the twenty-seven inch. <laughs> Yeah. Do, you guys like, do you guys like how they use the original Godzilla music consistently in this movie? Yes, yeah, that was that was that was a great touch. I think this is proof that you mm-hmm. can do a movie for eleven million dollars mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Like you mm-hmm. don't million. It was fifteen. Million. I'm sorry, fifteen million dollars and making an amazing movie. Zaslav, um, look at this. This is what David Zaslav should be fighting for, right? The guy who likes to cut everything and wants everything to be cheaper. This is what he should do. He should circle everyone into his office tomorrow morning and say, look, this was made for $11 million. $15 million. Why? <laughs> $15 million. It's Warner. Five, fuzzy three, math. sir. Three. <laughs> fuzzy, fuzzy, fuzzy math at Warner's. This movie is made for $15 million. What are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? Because this looks better than any Marvel movie I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go nine and a half just because I don't love Godzilla to begin with. I'll go nine out of ten. That's high praise from you. 
and I, I definitely, this is definitely my, so far, it depends on how Aquaman is, but so far this is my top movie of the year. <laughs> this is going to be the movie of the year. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Aqu- I really don't think Aquaman's gonna like. Yeah, I don't think so. All right, there you go. We all love it. This movie's getting praised everywhere, and it deserves it. Let's wrap this puppy up with some. What did you learn this week, or recommendations, or both? And John, you can go first. Didn't learn anything this week except <coughs> always bring a lot of. Co- <coughs> I'm dying here. I, I going along with the Godzilla theme. Uh, I have them. I have them over here. I didn't uh, uh, unwrap them yet, but I got uh, the two the two issues of Justice League versus Godzilla. So you can order those on Amazon, and I would get them. I, I don't know if there's going to be a third. I, I got to read the first two, but uh, apparently the uh, Legion of Dooms f- fooling around with space time, and suddenly they connect to the Monsterverse, and now you've got Godzilla and King Kong fighting. The Justice League and the Legion of Doom and and uh, other kaiju's. So should be interesting. Why not? All right, JD. I learned that I'm a bad parent. I took my kid to see this movie, <laughs> and it was rated PG-13. I was fine, but the trailer for Chauncey. Do you guys have the Chauncey trailer or whatever that movie's called? The one with Chauncey? the evil teddy bear. The evil teddy bear that's no, actually a demon. Oh, I lucky you! That. I did. I we didn't did. see it. I had a movie for a trailer at Blumhouse Film. About an evil oh, teddy bear. So I went, that's awesome. That's going to go over real well tonight. So I learned that I am a freaking idiot. Other than that, <laughs> I had a great time watching the movie. Andy had fun. It's not his favorite Godzilla movie, but he said he liked it. He would much rather. His favorite was Godzilla versus Kong. He's excited for watching Godzilla and Kong team up to fight another monkey. I guess this character is more ubiquitous than I thought, which is which I guess I've just learned. Hmm. All right. Any recommendations? No. I've been busy all week, so yeah, yeah. go see Godzilla. It's going to surprise you. Like, I know we just spent time praises, but I, honest to God, from the bottom of my heart, go see this movie. You're, you'll be surprised. All right. I learned that if Kassan comes in and ruins JD's gag, he gets a. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. I was going to make John feel like all worried and then take him on an emotional roller coaster of a journey. And that got, it was robbed from me, but it's fine. You could have still went with it and, you know. I could have, but then it would have been. Like, you can't tell someone the magic trick works and then just commit to keep doing the magic trick. You got to go, okay, fine, you got me. Oh, all right. Well, I had suspicions, but then again, the werewolf by night thing still bugs I, me. That <laughs> show is good. I'm becoming, all that tells me is I'm becoming predictable in my old age, and I need yes. to mix it up a little bit. It, it's okay, Kasami. It's okay. We here are not educated. Uh, I just learned that we're dumb. All right. That's, part, that's how you know you're dumb when you just figure it out. It, it's a thing. You, you, you know, I will recommend that the people go to superheroespeak.com where they can find the podcast every week. Links to our social media at the top of the page. Comic book reviews by our good friend Chris and so much more. What did Kat, uh, Classy just say? But there's um, a Godzilla X-Con coming out. Yes. There is. Yeah. Yes. We'll review that too on the show. Hmm. If I have to. <laughs> now we now you've opened us up to kaijus. Now we talk about kaijus on the show. Yeah, but, but, you, but, you've got you've been ruined by Godzilla minus one. That's the problem. I've got to say, I don't know if the rest of them are gonna it's live fine. up makes, that. Make, sometimes you gotta watch a bad movie for a podcast. I Randy mean, has a whole show about it. Godzilla versus Kong was just destruction porn, right? Don't Pretty expect much. any more than that. And the humans were insignificant in that movie. Yes. <laughs> there are places but, to put the camera. That's there are there's, there's charm to insignificant humans. 
I think. Yeah. I thought that for a while. <laughs> and the only recommendation I have, a uh, second JD, yeah, just go see this movie. It's really good. It's a shame it doesn't ha- didn't have a bigger opening in the United States because there really isn't anything else to see, and it's a good movie. Like in the U.S., this is just a thing that's going to draw a niche audience, especially if you're just going to release a yeah. subtitled version, and that's okay. Like we're not we're not the target audience for this movie. Yeah, target audience is Japan. Yeah, and they love and they love it. So I, I will be interested to for, see what word of mouth does next week. Sir, Classy says it need a Mecca versus Monsters film. I'll give you one. Pacific Rim. That's what mm. that was. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. Or <laughs> Monsters versus. Alien. I think he means Mecca Godzilla, but yeah, we had that. Oh. That was Godzilla versus Kong. Mm. Yeah, the demographics is much older than younger folks. Yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. those of us who grew up in the Showa era exactly. in Japan, it's still popular. Like in Japan, Godzilla is a cultural icon. So like, again, it's not an. It's being released here because they can make money. Yeah. Shin Godzilla proved Shin Godzilla did not have a real over here, but it did well enough on streaming, and you know that they said, okay, maybe we can make some money on this one, and they've made some money on this one. How much yeah. did they make in the U.S.? In the U.S., they made eleven million. Yeah, in that's where I got Japan, it was twenty-three yeah. million. So in the U.S., it almost made the budget for the film back. Yeah, yeah. Alone, that's a good, that's a huge win. And word of mouth you, might might double that. Next it may. Time. I mean, it's it you, may. When you, when you have the critics and the audience agreeing at ninety-seven to ninety-eight percent, yeah, it, it, I'd be shocked if it doesn't go up. So, yeah. I think it's going to be. Like I said, this is one of the more pleasant surprises of the year. All right. I'm glad John pushed for it. Actually, yep. All right. On that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let you get caught in the door. Have a good week.